It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hi, I'm Jake from Locked On. What do the teams you root for, your music playlists, and your podcast feeds all have in common? Spoiler alert, they're a reflection of you, and that's what the State Farm Personal Price Plan has in common, too. It gives you options to help personalize your coverage so that you can protect what you care about most at an affordable price just for you, so you can see more of yourself in everything you love. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices vary by state, options selected by customer, availability, and eligibility may vary. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You're listening to the Locked On Broncos podcast, hosted by Cody Rourke, your daily Broncos podcast. What's up, Broncos country? Welcome back to another episode of Locked on Broncos here on this beautiful Friday, January 17th. And today we got a great show in store for all of you. We're going to go through our Broncos news and notes. Philip Lindsay underwent a little bit of a procedure on his surgically repaired wrist. We'll talk about that, whether or not the timeline will impact OTAs. Also, the Broncos making a roster move in the meantime. Plus, we hear from Broncos newest offensive coordinator, Pat Shermer. And we share our thoughts on what he had to say with Phil Milani of Broncos TV+. Plus, we get into the AFC and the NFC Championship preview and predictions here on Friday's jam-packed episode of Locked On Broncos. I'm your host, Cody Rourke, NFL analyst and Broncos insider for the Locked On NFL Network. You guys can follow me on Twitter, at Cody Rourke NFL. Follow the show on Twitter, at Locked On Broncos. And don't forget to subscribe to the show so you get a podcast every single day on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, TuneIn, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you else get your podcast. We are assuredly there for your listening pleasure. And also, I want to give a shout out to our sponsor of today's episode of the show. That's our good friends over there at DraftKings. I'll tell you about them a little bit later on as the show progresses. But let's get into the news and notes to start here of Locked On Broncos here on your Friday morning commute to work or if you're in the office or if you're on your way home from work, let's get you covered into the latest news and happenings around the Valley. Broncos running back Philip Lindsay on Thursday, he underwent a scope procedure on his right wrist to clean things up. And this was first reported by Mike Kliss of Nine News Denver. And a lot of people were wondering, well, when you have a, any kind of procedure done where you have to go under the knife a little bit, and, and I always like to use the analogy, uh, a, a procedure is a lot different than, you know, some other things. You know, I think surgery is probably the big word of procedure is usually something small, more minimal. Uh, in this case, too, it was a scope procedure which you know usually is indicated to go in and clean some things out you hear it all the time a guy got his knee scoped well Philip Lindsay's right wrist he had a scope procedure done to clean up some things like that and, and usually they go in and they clean up some scar tissue uh, they make sure everything's functioning properly and it should not impact Philip Lindsay's time on the field for the Broncos in 2020 the expectation he's going to be ready by OTAs and and usually there's not a big layoff here uh, for him at all and so I think for Broncos fans take a deep breath. <gasps> 
oh, it's okay. Philip Lindsay is going to be ready for 2020. Not a big deal. Not a big uh, surgery. You know, like I said, fans, if you want to really discern the difference between the impact, the severity, uh, surgery and procedure are completely different things. Procedure is the one word you'd really want to hear when it comes to your athletes that you follow. Uh, surgery is the one that you kind of want to avoid a little bit because usually that means a longer timetable for them to return. But, you know, let's talk about Philip Lindsay for a second, too. I just want to applaud him on his 2019 season. It wasn't easy for Philip Lindsay to get things going for this Broncos team, and it seemed as if many teams were able to limit him. And in terms of how many explosive plays he had, I feel like when we go back and we watch the 2018 film on Lindsay, he had a lot of plays. He at least had one to two plays per game where he had this really big explosive play, 10 plus, 15 plus yard runs. We didn't see too much of that from him this year. I think the best game that we saw from Philip Lindsay obviously came in that matchup against the Detroit Lions and just the way that he ran and how impactful he was and just that burst. I mean, he found his confidence once again back in that game. Felt like it was something we hadn't seen from him all season long. And we know the Broncos run game. It struggled a little bit. It was the 20th ranked rushing offense in the National Football League. And obviously that plays a major role into why Rich Scangarello was fired and why they brought in Pat Shermer. And, And Shermer's obviously history with his style of offenses. It gets the run game going. It gets it involved. And I think the blocking scheme aligns up really nicely to what Mike Munchak and his philosophy is as a position coach. You can expect a lot of zone blocking. You could expect some man blocking. I mean, it just goes periodically. So you're going to see a lot of different mix and blends by this Broncos offense in 2020. And I think once we get to that part, when we actually have game film on the new offense for Denver, uh, we'll do our film review series every single week on Twitter at Cody Rourke NFL and obviously CodyRourkeNFL.com. You guys can rely on me for that action uh, there, as Marshawn Lynch would say. But here's the deal, too, Phil Blinsey. I think in year three for him, we got to come into this thinking, you know, expectation-wise, he's the primary guy, and he's earned that right, and and we felt in coming to the season, and I remember those reports early on, it was this Evan Silva guy all the way in Chicago that was talking about that, you know, Phil Lindsay's not getting uh, any reps as a first-team running back, it's a travesty, well, you have to factor in, he was still recovering from that wrist surgery that he had had last year, he was not yet medically cleared to practice, he was only cleared to do position-specific drills, so individual drills with Curtis Modkins, he wasn't able to do the team stuff, so that's why Royce Freeman in the offseason, the OTAs, he got some of those reps. I remember that narrative strictly well. And and I, I think ultimately everybody goes back. And if you look at it, Philip Lindsay was the most valuable player for this Broncos offense in terms of the rushing attack. We saw that Royce Freeman just had his struggles and, and didn't seem healthy all year. The first couple of weeks he was fine. He had a little bit of pep and some pop into his step. And outside of that, he just kind of went downhill a little bit. And really, it's just due to being banged up. And I think the Broncos will look at maybe having another guy in who knows whether it's going to be in the NFL draft? Who knows whether it's going to be Theo Riddick coming back for the Broncos? And he spent his whole year in 2019 on injured reserve. Uh, I think for Philip Lindsay, he's going to be back healthy in 2020. I'm excited. I imagine he might try to bulk up a little bit. He had mentioned something in the media. He said that, you know, he used to, uh, you know, he was not eating the right things. His diet, his nutrition wasn't the best in 2019. So I think he's getting back to clean eating and getting back on track. And, and you know, this guy's fast. And when I saw him at practice and when I was looking at him, he's coming off the field. I mean, he was bigger uh, in 2019 than he was in 2018. So he's put on some good weight. And it's not like, okay, look, he's got 
slower. Uh, no, he's muscular. He's uh, toned. He's big. Um, I think that's a good thing, especially with his height. I know a lot of people want to talk about him being a short running back, but hey, it doesn't matter. This dude plays with the heart, the size of Texas, ladies and gentlemen, and uh, he's a fun player to watch. And, and so thankfully, he's going to be okay for the 2020 season. His timeline is not going to be long at all. He'll be ready for the OTA period when the Broncos get into that transition shortly after the NFL draft. Now, in some other Broncos news on Thursday, the Broncos had waived last week safety DeMonte Thomas. He spent 2019 on injured reserve with a knee injury. Now, he went unclaimed, which put him back onto the Broncos waiver wire in terms of injured reserve. Uh, they finally just released him at this point. They came to an agreement with an injury settlement for him, and really, he couldn't do much uh, at all. And, you know, he was a guy that contributed in 2018 on special teams in a big, big way. And he was a guy that also rotated in defensively. And in the preseason, we saw that he could cover the tight end a little bit. So that created a lot of excitement for, okay, maybe the Broncos have a safety option. And you looked at the depth there. You had Will Parks playing that same type of position. And ultimately, he evolved and moved down to the nickel. And so for DeMonte Thomas, there just really wasn't a spot for him on this roster in consideration of where Trey Marshall was healthy and younger. And the team views him very highly. So DeMonte Thomas's time at Denver is over. And he has an opportunity to find a way to get onto a new football team in 2020 and hope the best for DeMonte. He's a great dude, great human being, uh, very involved, and obviously uh, very excited for him, and I hope he can get back on his feet. So coming up here in just a moment, we're going to get to hearing from Broncos offensive coordinator Pat Shermer, who spent some time, he was able to sit down with Phil Milani of Broncos TV over there at DenverBroncos.com, and he gave us a little bit of an insight onto his offensive philosophy, and also some of the rumors that were dating back to him having interest in Drew Locke while he was the head coach for the New York Giants. But before we do that, i got to remind you guys to check out at LockedOnNFLNet on Twitter today. It is your one-stop shop for every local expert in the Lockdown NFL Network covering their respective team. You get them all on one single feed. Anytime there's breaking news, the Twitter feed, it goes wild. So right now, go to Twitter, go to your search bar, type in at Locked on NFL Net. Hit that follow button and then turn notifications on because you get NFL news up to the minute, every second, every minute, every hour of the day, and you get it from your local experts covering their respective teams and their markets. This is David Harrison of the Locked On Commanders podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Discover. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24 7 US based live customer service from Discover, Everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Broncos offense coordinator Pat Shermer freshly arrived this week and obviously off the news of the Rich Gangarello firing has gotten to work. He spent a whole entire day at the Broncos facility on Monday and Tuesday. He's been putting things together, getting things together with the coaching staff, meeting with them. Obviously, they fired T.C. McCartney as the quarterback's coach. The expectation right now is that they're going to try whatever they can to bring in Mike Shula as the next quarterback coach for the Broncos. John Filippo took a job with the Chicago Bears as their quarterback's coach, going to be working with Mitch Trubisky. So Pat Shermer, his history of working with quarterbacks, and obviously Mike Shula as well, they're going to try to bring him into the fold, and it only increases that narrative. Look, the Broncos offensive coaching staff, and their coaching staff in general has so much experience all across the board. We mentioned Pat Shermer's 21 years uh, coaching experience in the NFL, working with players, developing them, sending various players to Pro Bowls, uh, turning them into all pro players, having over a thousand yard receiving yards, 
passing yards, obviously, and, and rushing yards. His formula, his resume speaks for itself. There's obviously been the ups, there's been downs, and I think a lot of it has to do with personnel, but the Broncos, with the third youngest team in the National Football League, have the most experienced coaching staff all across the board, and I think if you're a Broncos fan, hey, that should be something that you're very excited about. I think the players are excited about it, and uh, look, I think offensively, there's going to be some changes. I, I think there's going to be a little more up-tempo. There's going to be some more pep in the step of the Broncos offense, and I think for Drew Locke, it's going to be placed in a system that is effective for him and the guys around him. It's not just tailor-made just to the quarterback. It plays to the strengths of okay, your receivers, your tight ends, your offensive line. And one of the things I always like to go back to in reference when they talk about Pat Shermer's Case Keenum's MVP-type season with Minnesota back in 2017 where they made it to the NFC Championship. I think the biggest thing that I took away from that is the Minnesota Vikings offensive line that year was not that great and still it's not that great for Minnesota to this day, but they didn't have as many issues due to the style of offense predicated to the quarterback strengths of getting the ball out of the hands quickly and taking some shots downfield. I mean, I think that's what it's all about at the end of the day. And look, you know, I think the Broncos, um, they have some exciting pieces in store with this coaching staff. And not only just that, with the offensive players that they have and who's who knows what they're going to be adding here in the NFL draft come April. I and mean, who knows who they're going to add in the NFL free agency period on the offensive side of the ball. I mean, we got to look at all options on the table. And, and obviously when that time comes in March and the free agency period kicks off, you're going to have free agency frenzy over here, Locked On Broncos. And plus, you're going to have the NFL Draft. We're going to have our draft network, Locked On NFL Network, all 32 teams doing a mock draft uh, here on the network. It's going to be major. It's going to be massive. And uh, I can't wait to share that details with all you guys once they become more available as that time approaches. But, uh, you know, let's hear from Broncos offensive corner Pat Sherman. Now, like I mentioned at the top of this segment here, he, is, he came in, he sat down with Phil Milani of Broncos TV, courtesy of DenverBroncos.com. You guys want to catch the interview, go over to DenverBroncos.com. But, you know, he was asked the question regarding his offensive philosophy. Here's what he had to say. Well, I think we got to, you know, take a good look at the players that we have. We got to make sure we're doing the things that they do well. Obviously, the development of our young quarterback is going to be critical as we move forward. And, and really, all of our players need to improve individually and then certainly uh, do it as a group so that we can uh, score points and help us win games. Scoring points for the Broncos has become a huge priority considering the fact that they're in the bottom five in the National Football League in that department. Plus, not only that, just total yards per game. Having the 20th ranked rushing attack, having the 25th ranked passing attack in the NFL is not good enough to win, especially in the AFC West where you have a very tough division. The Oakland Raiders, well now the Las Vegas Raiders, transitioning to be a very competitive football team in the near future, just as young as the Broncos. Kansas City, who dominates through the air, led by Patrick Mahomes and that speedy wide receiver group that they have down there. The Broncos have to find ways to slow them down, but you also have to find ways to match that type of output. And I think for the Broncos, figuring out a way to really score points is going to be the priority for this team heading into 2020. If I had to pinpoint on any kind of goal board, if I had to just write out on a whiteboard, what's the primary objective for this Broncos offense in 2020? It is to score more points because look, that Broncos defense started to evolve from week one all the way to week 17. They evolved into a top 10, top 11 defensive unit in various categories. Obviously, a top defense in the red zone where, you know, if, if teams get down there, you got to congest that field a little bit. And the Broncos did a really good job of it. Their pressure improved in the red zone area. Their coverage was great in the red zone area, which led to them obviously being the number one red zone defense in the National Football League. Plus, they were a top 10 passing defensive unit. Now you got to find a way to solidify and stop the run a little bit and become a top 10 category there. If the Broncos can do that and the offense can increase their output, I'm telling you, this Broncos team can 
surprise some people next year. They can make a playoff push, and we saw just how close and bits and pieces they were in 2019, despite the 7-9 and record. If a couple of those games go differently offensively, heck, the Broncos might be in the playoffs at this point. They might have knocked one of those teams out. So it all really boils down to Vic Fangio wanting to hire Shermer to increase the Broncos' point-per-game total output on the offensive side of the ball, yards per game, plus also being more efficient on third down, where I feel as if his experience and knowing how to go against certain defenses, he obviously he's been tested by going against Vic Fangio for all these years. That is a big reason why Fangio wanted to bring in Pat Shermer, to bring that kind of mold and that intensity to a young team that has a ton of talent on the offensive side of the ball. Now, another question that was posed to Pat Shermer was his interest regarding Drew Locke when he was the head coach for the New York Giants. It is no secret. There is no rumor about it. The now Broncos offensive coordinator had a lot of interest in him when he was the head coach for New York. Ultimately, they went with Daniel Jones, but it's interesting to hear how he thought about Drew Locke and how he views him now and getting to work with him. Well, we did. You know, obviously we were in the market for a quarterback last year and we had very, very high opinion of Drew. We did a lot of work on him. Uh, we were we were very certain that he was going to have an outstanding career and a bright future. You know, he had a bright future and I'm really looking forward to being able to work with him. And I think that right there is enough to shut down this little narrative that I've been seeing on Twitter, on Reddit. I've seen it everywhere right now. I've seen it floated around that maybe the Broncos aren't really interested in Drew Locke. Does bringing in Pat Shermer mean that they could potentially look at other quarterback prospects? I I think that answers the question. No. The Broncos view Drew Locke as their guy in 2020. They're going to do whatever they can to put pieces around him to help support him and his development as a quarterback. Hence why they brought in Pat Shermer to help be his coach and more likely going to bring in Mike Shula experience to help a guy who doesn't have a ton of experience in the National Football League. They're going to bring them together to get him up to speed and try to elevate his game a little bit. So I think that narrative that's been floating around the, okay, look, the Broncos may look elsewhere for quarterback. What if they, you know, go quarterback? What if they bring in a veteran guy to back him up? Look, the veteran guy, if they do bring in a guy at all to back him up, it's going to be someone that doesn't have the expectation that they're going to be the starter. It's only going to be, look, I know my role is a backup quarterback to Drew Locke, and I'm here to support him and help him and maybe work out some of the kinks and the transitions and continue to help him prepare to be a starter full-time in the league. And I think that is the realistic expectation about where this Broncos franchise is, and they've got full support from the front office, from John Elway, and from the scouting department. It just boils down from the top to the bottom. This team is all in on Drew Locke in 20. 20, and it's going to start with not just Locke's productivity and development as a quarterback, but everybody around them, the offensive line, the wide receivers, the running backs, everybody's going to play a part and it's going to be this transformation. So can they transform from a bottom ranked offense to a top ranked offense? That's the goal. And if the Broncos can have a top ranked offense and a top ranked defense, I'm telling you what, ladies and gentlemen, Broncos football is going to be very, very exciting. Look, I'm excited already, uh, even though they finished seven and nine. I liked what I saw at the end of the season of them growing together as a football team, as a young football team. They pieced some things together. They started to figure it out with Drew Locke as the quarterback. The offensive productivity increased. The defense played inspired football. And look, they bent, but they didn't break in many situations. And what more could you ask for? And look, they ended the season on a high note. Winning Week 17 was the last time that had happened for the Broncos. Uh, It's been quite some time. And I think for them going forward in 2022, 
the expectations, I think, are at the middle. I think they're medium. I don't think they're so high right now. I think they're in the medium. And I think it's just cautious optimism. In Broncos country, it's okay to feel that. It's okay to feel skeptical as well. Because, look, we've seen this before. Okay, all these moves on paper look so promising to this team. But in the end, when we see the result of it, uh, by going through the experience, sometimes we're disappointed. So coming to it with medium expectations, like excitement. What can we expect to see in terms of an experienced coaching staff developing a young coaching staff? There's obviously going to be issues. There's going to be that disparity and it's going to take some time for the young guys to really learn everything. But that's the process. That's the process of the game of football. That's the process of the NFL in general. So you as a fan should be excited. And if not, guess what? I don't know. Let me knock on your door. Let me find a way to excite you or get you motivated or get you energized here because I'll find a way to do that. So coming up here in just a moment, we're going to get into our AFC and NFC Championship previews, and we're going to give our predictions here on the show. Last week, I went four for four on all of my picks, so I was kind of feeling lucky, and I saw that I, I didn't cash out. I didn't put money on it. I didn't bet on it. If I would have paid $50 to mark in all my bets and all my picks, I would have won 928 bucks, and I am now very bummed out that I didn't do that. So uh, I don't want to get into that whole deal of betting, but let's talk about uh, our sponsor of today's show, and that's our good friends over there at DraftKings because because look, it's conference championship weekend. Time's up for two of the teams that are playing this weekend. Two teams will go on to the Super Bowl, but you still have time to feed your fantasy fix with DraftKings, the leader in one day fantasy football. So you can draft your lineup and you can feel the sweat like never before. Every single run, every single throw by Aaron Rodgers rolling out to his right or to his left off the play actions and every catch that is made by a wide receiver, that means much more with the DraftKings lineup on the line. And it's very simple. All you do is you just draft your lineup, you stay under the salary cap, and you see how your team stacks up against the competition. Nothing adds to the sweat of watching the game quite like having a free shot at over $750,000. That's a lot of money, folks, with your first deposit. Now, plus for a limited time, all new and and existing users can get a deposit bonus of up to $500. That's some extra cash to play with throughout the playoffs. Download the DraftKings app now and use promo code Locked On for a limited time. Both new and existing users can get a deposit bonus of $500 on your next deposit. New users, be sure to enter promo code Locked On during sign up, and you'll also get a free shot at over $750,000 with your first deposit. That's code Locked On, and you can get a deposit bonus up to $500 only at Draft. DraftKings, a minimum $5 deposit required. Deposit bonus requires a 25-time playthrough. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for more details. Hey, guys, it's Joe Marino. Being around sports media and a fan of the Buffalo Bills for a lifetime has taught me that sometimes it's exploring the sliding doors moments and what-if scenarios in sports that can be the best part of the fan experience. What if the Seahawks let Marshawn run on the one-yard line with the Super Bowl on the line? Or could a coin flip have landed Magic in Chicago, Michael in L.A., and made Charles Barkley the first black president? Enter Wondery's newest sports show, Alternate Routes, a weekly leap into the sports multiverse with former SportsCenter anchors Trey Wingo and Kevin Frazier. Each week on the podcast, Trey and Kevin will pry open the sliding doors of a different what-if moment from the world of sports. In these alternate sports realities, dynasties will fall, legacies will change forever, and new goats will emerge. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts, and you can listen to Alternate Routes early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery+. Plus. 
All right, Broncos country, diving into the final part here on today's Friday episode of Locked on Broncos. We are going to get into our little preview, AFC, NFC Championship weekend. Remember the last time the Broncos were in the AFC Championship game against the New England Patriots and they won it 20-18 to and that kind of game, that back and forth. I feel like Broncos fans, just to go back and relive that. Look, I encourage you guys, go back and watch that game. If you have NFL Game Pass, you can watch the All-22 film, which is super, super fun uh, to kind of relive that through the coach film, or you can go back and watch the broadcasts there. That's what I'm going to be spending my weekend doing. Uh, I've been watching a lot of film on the Tennessee Titans, Kansas City Chiefs. I've been watching a lot of film on San Francisco and the Green Bay Packers, and that's going to bring us to our little bit of a preview here, the AFC and the NFC Championship game, and plus we're going to give our predictions on top of that. Now, like I said, I uh, I went 4-4 four for four last week on my picks in the divisional round, and it was, it was taxing, and I was kind of hoping that my one prediction regarding the Kansas City Chiefs would have been wrong and for the first quarter I mean I was wrong they were down 24 to 0 and I was kind of hopeful I was like okay I'm okay with losing one if it's that one and there's this big dilemma there's this big debate going on around Broncos country right now especially on the Facebook groups which I tell you what it's just it's madness it's madness over there ladies and gentlemen that's why I really prefer Twitter and Periscope and Reddit uh, because Facebook is just a lot of crazy stuff being thrown out there and a lot of Broncos fans are saying let's root for the Kansas City Chiefs never in a million years I think a Broncos fan should root for a divisional opponent. That's just my opinion. And I know everybody gets to this debate, you know, let's vote on the lesser of two evils, but I don't know how if you're a Broncos fan, if you're rooting for Kansas City to win the Super Bowl, I, I don't I really question it. And and I'm not saying that you're not a fake fan or you're not a real fan or anything like that. I'm just saying I think it's highly questionable. It's something that's not on my preference uh, or my plate that I'd like to do. If anything, look, I'm I'm hoping for Tennessee to run away with it. I, I think that would be an underdog story considering the fact that Denver beat them 16 to 0 and escalated their big run that they'd had look Tennessee is the one I think that Broncos fans should be rooting for. Uh, San Francisco is, I, I think, another one that I think Broncos fans should be rooting for, obviously, with the ties there. You know, I, I have a lot of respect, um, a lot of admiration for Emmanuel Sanders and how he's treated me as a media member, uh, talking to me at training camp, talking to me after practice. I mean, just the guy that, you know, was going through a lot of stuff injury-wise at the beginning of the season, not being fully 100%, getting limited reps and, and practice, but still spending some time to to really just be cordial and, you know, just coming up to me and shaking my hand after practice. I mean, I didn't even talk to him. I didn't even initiate. He came up and dapped me up and uh, he talked to me. So I, I think that was a really cool thing for Sanders. So I'm kind of pulling for him and, and you know, really for Kyle Shanahan too. And I know that's going to escalate the the Broncos should have hired Kyle Shanahan. That was never going to happen in Denver. The Broncos front office would have never allowed that to go through. And, you know, it doesn't matter. It doesn't mean that even if uh, he was the head coach, it doesn't mean that the Broncos would be in the playoffs here three years later. I, I think that personnel is a big deal and, and enduring a culture change takes time. And, and look, I, I think that maybe you would have kept Emmanuel Sanders in Denver. He He's really enjoying his time over there in San Francisco, but you got to be rooting for him as well. So let's get into the Tennessee Titans and the Kansas City Chiefs game. Now, the Tennessee Titans, they got to travel to Arrowhead. And earlier this year, the Tennessee Titans held off the Kansas City Chiefs. They blocked a field goal attempt that would have tied it up, and they won. And there is still a chance, in my opinion, based on watching the film, I think the Tennessee Titans can beat the Chiefs, and they're going to be my prediction. I'm going to take Tennessee Titans right now uh, as the team that goes into Arrowhead Stadium in the AFC Championship game, and they beat Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs, which I think Broncos country would go 
go crazy if that were to happen. But here's why. You know, I, I think Kansas City's going to come out. I think they're going to try to stack the box a little bit. And what I mean by that is a stacked box is where you have seven-plus players inside the line scrimmage from the ends of the tackles to the interior with the inside linebackers either walked up or close condensed to the line of scrimmage. That is a stacked box. Here's a statistic that I think is absolutely madness. And, you know, give a lot of credit to the Tennessee Titans offensive line as well. But Derrick Henry, he has over 720-plus yards against a stacked box containing seven or more players. And I think that really this is the team uh, that probably I still don't think they can stop Derrick Henry. If he has the type of game that he had last week, look, I think he's going to go over 150 yards. Once again, I think they're going to be a catalyst. I mean, there were times where Kansas City really struggled to stop the Houston Texans rushing attack. And I felt like the the Texans should have went with the run game a lot more when they were up big rather than trying to throw the rock around and try to get up even on a bigger lead. I think you would have ran the game out. You would have ran the clock down a little bit. Tennessee can control the game and we they could do it with Ryan Tannehill who doesn't have to throw for 300 yards. I think they're going to take their shots similar to how they did against the Baltimore Ravens. It's going to open things up, but they're going to come out. They're going to try to establish a run early. They're going to go with the passing game. They're going to see if they can get that Chiefs defense to bite a little bit, and then they're going to control the tempo. Defensively, I think that Tennessee matches up really well with Kansas City. Um, I think that Logan Ryan is going to play a pivotal part against maybe guys like McCole Hardman or even Sammy Watkins. I think that Tennessee's defensive line and their inside linebackers, I think they're hybrid. I think they're uh, good enough to be able to get pressure on Patrick Mahomes. I mean, the way that they cause havoc and the way they're able to kind of neutralize the passing threat that was Lamar Jackson. I mean, Lamar still, you know, ran for over 100 yards. He threw for over 300 yards as well, but, you know, it came in, in a big, you know, loss in that kind of fashion there. I think that Tennessee can do the same exact thing against Patrick Mahomes and this Chiefs team. And I feel like everybody's overlooking Tennessee, which I think that plays into the hands of Tennessee. So I am picking here on Lockdown Broncos here on Friday. I'm picking the Tennessee Titans over the Kansas City Chiefs in the AFC Championship game. They're going to advance to the Super Bowl. Now, taking a look at the NFC side of things here, uh, the San Francisco 49ers will host the Green Bay Packers at Santa Clara at the 49ers home field advantage. And, and look, I think for Green Bay, you know, it's going to be nice not having to play in the cold tundra of Lambeau Field. I think for San Francisco, it's going to be a nice, warm element. And I think it's going to be a good game. I think it plays well to the favor of both teams. I think this is going to be a very close game overall. In my opinion, I think the difference of this matchup, the 49ers front seven is very stout. Eric Armstead, a potential free agent candidate for the Broncos to possibly target. Uh, He's all over the place and obviously a former Oregon Duck, Skull Ducks. Uh, Outside of that, I think that they have a very talented defense offensively. They do have guys that can come out of nowhere. I think Emmanuel Sanders will have a big game against the Packers. These two teams have played before and I think for Emmanuel Sanders, he was able to get some revenge against Green Bay from that first matchup that they had. So expect Jair Alexander to be following him wherever he goes. Uh, I think the secondary for the 49ers can match match up decently well against Green Bay's wide receivers. I think this game comes down to the final two minutes and it's going to end in either a field goal or a critical turnover by the other team that's driving. But I'm going to be taking the San Francisco 49ers over the Green Bay Packers in the NFC Championship, which leads to a matchup in Super Bowl for Tennessee against the San Francisco 49ers. And when you look at it, it's not the sexiest matchup on paper, but I sure love it. And I'm going to go with that one. And Broncos country, if you're an NFL fan, you're listening to this podcast, I want to hear what your Super Bowl prediction is. Tell me what your weekend predictions are here in the AFC, the NFC Championship matchups. And we will obviously share them. We'll retweet them on Twitter, and we'll talk about it on Monday's review episode of the show. 
kind of Broncos news, recapping the championship weekends. Look ahead to the Pro Bowl, where Cortland Sutton is going to be playing next week, and then obviously everything leading up to the Super Bowl. Plus, we continue our film review series next week here with Joe Rouse of Mile High Report. We're going to be taking a look at weeks five through eight, breaking all things down here on Locked On Broncos. Broncos fans, once again, you guys can follow me on Twitter at Cody Work NFL. Follow the show at Locked On Broncos, and don't forget to hit that subscribe button on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, TuneIn, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcasts. And please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. If you love the show, leave us a five-star review. Write your review. Tell us why you listen every single day. We're going to shout it out on air. We're going to read it off here. And when we give thanks to Broncos Country. And we got a contest coming up for you guys here very, very soon. But Broncos Country, appreciate you guys. Have an amazing week and enjoy the football. I'll be on Periscope. I'll be doing the live streams of all the AFC, NFC Championship games. Join me at Cody Work NFL. Also on the YouTube channel, CodyWorkNFL.com on the website. Head over to Cody Work TV and you can have access to all that action and much more this weekend. AFC, NFC Championship games. Obviously, Broncos fans, enjoy your time. I'll see you then. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.